Welcome to the second half, season two. I'm Melanie Kenneman, and I'm your host through all of these amazing interviews where I will bring guests to you that have amazing stories of overcoming things they've had in their life or decisions they've made, or maybe it's just discipline. But how we show up in the second half of any game deciphers if we lose or win the game. So it's the time to lean in and I bring guests who really have overcome quite some adversity in their lives. And maybe if you're a listener, you have as well, but it's never too late to show up in the second half with your best self. So I'm so excited to have you in season two here with me today. And I hope you enjoy this episode of the second half. In this episode, we feature Diller Schwartz, and she is just incredible. Diller was raised a professional dancer, and she had the discipline and the focus of dance, and she moves that into a whole new world in the operations side, very systems models oriented kind of person, and now leads a team that helped over 200 families last year. So I'm really excited about this conversation. So welcome to this episode and getting to know the amazing Diller Schwartz. You know, we're birthday twins. I knew that was coming. We are birthday twins. Yeah. She almost loves birthdays as much as me. Yes. I celebrate enough for the both of us, I think. Yep. You know, and it's funny because it's like, hey, we have a birthday coming up. Like we're always texting. She's like, I know, I know. And I was really proud because you had like a big surprise party this last year, right? Did you know about it? Um, I, I know a little, but I never know what Carrie's going to whip out or do or. <laughs> Good job, know. Carrie. Yeah. <laughs> I was proud. I was like, yeah, she's actually really, because I do a big birthday shebang every year, like right? Yeah, I, I do do the month. I, I don't do have to month. worry about remembering my birthday's coming because you will. Because I have me. the countdown. Yes, exactly. And so, so I just, it's funny, you know, so we're kind of like that perfect combination of the twins, right? For Gemini, mm -hmm. because I'm the like, hey, everybody's the birthday. And you're like, yeah, it's the birthday. We can just keep it quiet. So yeah. we make a good team. So that's not why I have her here today. But that is a very special thing to me because we share a birthday. So because birthdays are big to me. So yes. I, I appreciate you. I've known Diller a very long time. Diller is super successful. Diller runs the Diller Group at Keller Williams at the Southwest Market Center. I have known Diller since she started in the business, if you can believe that. That is true. God, it's crazy, isn't it? It's like, how many years ago was that? 2012. That's amazing. It's amazing. And I've seen you go, you know, and what's what's interesting about your journey? I want to talk about your journey. I want to talk about your story. And, you know, you're somebody that's just a natural lifter of others. You always take people along with you. You know, they gravitate to Diller and, and you're a real leader in our industry. I don't know if you know that. Thank you. People working on it. Yeah, working. Well, you're doing a great job. Keep it up. Keep it up. Um, so let's start because one of the things I think that's really interesting about your path too is you started from more of an operations side when you entered real estate. And and I've seen a few people do that, but not very many. A lot of people, it's kind of either or. And I think that gives you a, an advantage because you have that operations mindset around when you're building your team or you're coaching other people that maybe a, a lot of regular mega agents wouldn't have because that's not naturally and in, in intuitively how we think. So let's right. back up though. And let's tell our listeners today, um, who's Diller? Tell us your background. Who's Diller? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm from Orange, Texas, little town down in Southeast Texas. And I moved to Austin 17 sort of on a whim I was supposed to be going to college somewhere else and came here with some friends and just decided this was home mm -hmm. so um called my believe it or not I was supposed to be going to college for dancing and called my dance teacher and said I'm gonna go to Austin so um moved here with five or six of my best friends and we were all just kind of stacked up in apartments and <laughs> you know I figure be. it out I was 17 17 okay um and so we all moved here, quickly found jobs, did what you do. And then, um, I don't know, fast forward, I, I got into retail and more on the operation side of retail. And then I met an agent here in the market center, Tori Ketter. He was my real estate agent and he kept talking to me about getting into real estate. I was just like, no, that's yeah. not what I want to do. Yeah. And then I finally just made the jump I'm, um, and I was lucky enough to work for him and be his assistant for a while and then started learning more about Keller Williams and yeah. 
fast forward, what'd you say, 11 years? Yeah. Here we are. And here we are. And and you've, and one of the things I think that's really cool is from the operations side, you've led big teams on the operations side, you've led mentorship programs, but what's really cool is like, I remember the mentorship, you had that incubator program, like the lead mm-hmm. gen program, and you've never been afraid um, to teach others what you know. Like I think, and I, I really respect that about you. Right. I was, I was really shocked, especially coming from a sales environment and the company that I'd worked for, we were global. So I, I was really exposed to people all over the world in sales and um, in businesses and franchises. And I'd never, ever heard the the stats at that time. It was something like, you know, 92% failure rate. And I'm like, you mean there's a 92% failure rate in an industry that's all over. Everyone wants to get in real estate, HGTV, like you turn on the TV, then a financial analyst, any radio station is talking about real estate. And then when I was actually in it to hear that yeah, was crushing. And I was also shocked because I was like, if I can do this, like anyone can do this. Um, and so, yeah, that was really I remember that conversation early yeah. on and I was, um, it just stuck with me. The, the, which part of it that only like two out of 10 people fit, uh, succeed or which, which part of that stuck with you? It was, it, it was the numbers and it was also seeing how flexible, seeing the variety of ways you can do real estate. Although mm-hmm. if you just follow this model being systems and operations based, I was just like, what do you mean? Somebody gave you a roadmap to make a million dollars. Yeah with some sort of creativity, some sort of flexibility. And instantly what I recognized in the Keller Williams world was people are doing this in different ways, but the most successful people, and there's a lot of successful people are following a map. Mm. And then I went back to some of the other industries and businesses I'd worked for. And I was like, no one ever gave us this map. And, yeah. and that was more, it was the two things colliding in my head. What do you mean? You have a map, you just follow it. You have a model, you, you get some creativity around it. And then there's a 92% failure rate. <laughs> like I couldn't wrap my head around that. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so was failure an option for you? I don't know that I looked at failure as an option. I just looked at, this is a new challenge. Like I'm going to just, uh, if anyway, when I was, I remember being in the halls of the Southwest market center and just like meeting people and there Which was there such a giant, variety, yeah, yeah there was and, just and a variety just a that I was be, like, yeah, I guess failure could be an option, but I just looked at it as what, what's my, what's my route here? Yeah. What path am I going to take? I have the map. There's a few little, you know, pivots and, and different things you can do. Right. However, the map's here, just follow it. Right. And maybe that's the more systems operational side of me that came could out. because I'm not really that creative to want to create a business and not follow the map. Mm. Mm-hmm. And yet some, so many people don't follow the map, right? Because we do have, I mean, look at all the playbooks we have, right? That's one of the books under the computer right mm-hmm. now. Uh, the playbooks that we have that all these different ways to, to play the game. Right. And and yet so many people don't take action on any of them. Right. Which and, is, and that's, I believe that is why eight out of 10 people fail because they don't do anything long enough, right? Long enough. Or they do it once and they're like, oh, it didn't work or whatever. Right. Like it's not time on the task over time. Right. And and you can really see the people like I remember when I started 17 years ago in Nevada and I remember everywhere I went, everyone had their real estate license. You go by the right. couch at the furniture store, the guy had the license and all that. And, 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 and my ex would say, how do you think, why do you think you're going to be successful? And I yeah. said, because it's a decision that I'm making. So I didn't, I didn't like for me, and I see that in you, like the thought of failing for me, I heard it all around me, but it just wasn't an option. Like I, it's a choice that I, I'm choosing to do this though. And right. right? And that's well, what and I you see mean, in you. Like, I remember being in the market center and this is the first time I'm in an environment where there are so many different types of, oh yeah, like people who have actually been in other careers where, you know, you have a teacher, you have someone who had owned restaurants, like you have all of these people who come from different backgrounds and they are succeeding at a very high level. And I just remember putting all of those or trying to put all of that together. So we have this hodgepodge of people with different paths, different careers, um, you know, even people who are just fresh out of high school and stuff. And there's a way that we can all do the same thing and we can come mm-hmm. together and sell real estate and just follow this model. And so that was really intriguing to me is 
Yeah. How, how's all this working? Cause in the industries that I were, I was in, like in furniture sales, for one thing, you were mainly talking to people who were like architecture design. It was rare for you to have um, people from different career paths come in and want to interview for that job. Mm, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then you enter the world of real estate and you've got everyone where it's everyone and all the different, right. All the different ways to do it. I mean, if you think, and I, and I love that about our industry, don't you? Like, I love that about our industry. And I know mm-hmm. you do too. It's like, there's so many right ways to do it. It's, it's more about finding what's the right way for you in real estate. Right. You're, you, you can come into this industry from any other industry. You just have to realize the tools you have. How do we sharpen them to make them work in this industry, whether you're a teacher or a retired executive. I mean, even within my own team, I've had someone who was on the SWAT team. I have someone who's been in <laughs> education, um, someone who's worked in the church industry or um, yeah, churches before. And almost everyone on my team has been very successful in another industry. And it's like, that mm-hmm. doesn't go away, right? We take that, we plug it into the model, AKA your database, your then you call call, call and you just follow these steps because it's a contact sport. And if you have the contacts, then we just follow the model. Right. Yeah. And you can put your own flair on it. Definitely. That was just really interesting to me is how do I make people connect the dots and look at it differently? I love that. I love that. When you're interviewing people for your team specifically, um, you just said success leaves clues, right? You're looking for success. Is that something that's really important to you? Like, do you want to see where they're coming from to see if that's where you can help them get where they want to go? Um, Is that part of a thing for you or? I don't know that I want to see where they're coming from to know it. I don't know that I necessarily think that's going to mean they're successful or not. Okay. I want to know what tools they have and if they're willing to accept coaching and, and be coachable um, to see how we can use those. Okay. And then the other thing that's really important to me is what are their values and do their values align with something that aligns with me and the environment that I've created so that we can move forward together. And if they don't, it's nothing bad. It's let me help you find someone who has created an environment where your values can really grow. I love that. Okay. So values, let's talk about values for a little bit, because I think you're touching on something that a lot of people don't talk about, but I, I agree. Would you talk about an example of like, what are some values that matter to you for people that you want to surround yourself with? Yeah. So um, my values are wealth, time, choice, opportunity, and family. Mm. Those are my top five. Um, and so you can look at those differently, but that's what I wake up and I don't look at wealth as money. Wealth is what do I have the time and the choice to do, right? Yeah. And does wealth, time and choice allow me to have the most time with my family, which is also new for me um, this year. And so if someone doesn't value the fact that I want to have choices and I want to have time and I want to spend time with my family, that's great. However, my values are my deepest rooted behaviors and that's the way that I operate. Mm -hmm. And so if, if we can get to that level with each other, then we can also work better together. Yeah. I love that. I love that. It just makes this complete different, um, synergistic environment when, when your values are aligned with people that you work. And it doesn't make it right or wrong. If somebody comes on the team and you realize that, that they're not in alignment, right. Then just not they're just eventually not going to be happy or they're not going to succeed and it's like doesn't make them wrong right it just makes Mm -hmm. it just maybe we're just not a fit and let's find you another environment and that's what's so great I think you guys collaborate a lot with teams and stuff like hey if you're not a fit for me go work with the coach or go over right and vice versa well it helps you understand why someone's doing what they're doing if Mm -hmm. someone understands why I you know get up and and plan my day the way that I do other than, oh, Diller's just in a regimen and she likes to make cold calls starting at eight o'clock every day. And I don't want to do that. If you understand I'm doing that so that I can have the power of choice, the power of time and the ability to be home with my family, which is ultimately the most important thing to me, you're going to look at my habits differently and understand that and maybe not be intimidated by it or want it the same way. You need to want it because what's valuable to you. So you lead by example on that. I try. <laughs> I intend to. You intend to. There's no try. Yeah, know, there's no try. I can hear it in my voice. There's no try. Yeah. Uh, or Yoda too, right? But you think about that. So so it only it only works though because it matters to you. And I, and I think that's the, the whole thing. You, you talk about values and you talk about, you know, I do it because of this. And, and when you know the why, it's like uh, in the Jeff Glover thing. Great. That was great training on Friday, yep. right? We were both in a class with Jeff Glover on his uh, North American tour. Shout out to Jeff Glover. And, and I love that exercise where he talked about 
what'd you make last this year? Really? Mm -hmm. What'd you make? What was that number? And what's, and then you put the next year. So whenever time you're listening to this podcast, whatever it is right now, write the year down and, and put, what did you make that year? And then put what's next year, put that goal of income for you. And what I loved is then how he went in the dialogue around that. Right. You know, I have, I start my agents out, um, I would say second or third interview with the life by design worksheet from bold. Nice. And it's not, I do want to know how much money they want to make so that I can help hold them accountable, but I really want to know the why, mm, you know, and it, yeah. it comes, um, it's really fun in the office to be able to tease about it, just to make a little bit of, um, <laughs> I don't know, commentary around it. I have an agent who really wants a retreat center. And so huh. I know it's very important to her and I know that she could do it tomorrow. Probably like, I, I really do believe that she could just go out and do it tomorrow. Um, and it's fun to know, why she needs to have that money because she's actually very she was she is she was however you want to phrase that very successful before she even joined my team she's okay. got commercial properties um she's incredibly smart her husband's got a really a bunch of really cool tech businesses and stuff like that awesome um however this idea seems so far from her which is really interesting to me that she's accomplished everything else she's got four four girls who graduated from all ivy league crazy level schools. I don't wow. even know when she talks about them. I'm just like, what? <laughs> and here she is in real estate to finally do her thing. Uh, and so when I can coach and mentor and make sure I'm holding her accountable for that, that's more important than, Hey, how many transactions yeah. are you going to do this month? Right. I love that so much. Well, and, and with that exercise that I was talking about with the, what'd you make this year? What'd you make next year? The whole point of that, like, if you don't know why you want to make that and right. where you're going to spend that money, cause you say, okay, for this year, like what, okay, what does that look like? What does your lifestyle look like? How, you know, tell me, let's talk about that. What's important to you. And then let's say you're doubling that income. What are you going to do with that money? And then it becomes your bigger why, which is right. invest, or I want to start a nonprofit or all the things. But if you don't have that connection to it, it just won't happen because mm -hmm. that's not going to power you. Like what Diller was saying is like the why behind it is what will make you do what you need to do. So you can have the life that you want to have. Right. Right which is pretty cool. Why do you think, what do you attribute your success to? Because everything you've touched is you've had like the golden egg <laughs> effect of every team you've worked with. Everything you've done is become um, better because of Diller in their life. You know, I think a lot of it when we're talking about the professional side is the Keller Williams family, you know, Keller Williams didn't teach me how to be a great agent and I'm not the best agent out there. <laughs> Hence why I started you know, I didn't follow the traditional mega agent path. Right. I followed the systems and organization or systems and um, operations side. However, Keller Williams taught us how to how to run businesses. Mm -hmm. And that resonated with me. I didn't have to listen to a thing about a contract or, you know, a buyer or seller. I listened to how to have a business. And then I remember being in bold. I will say one of the first mega agents I worked with, Ryan and Anthony, I was so thankful that as a executive assistant, they were putting me in bold. Mm, they were putting me in all of the classes. Yeah. Um, I got to sit at a table that I think most executive assistants wouldn't have been able to sit at. And point. I think if any megas are out there listening, put your, put your staff through all of these trainings, because yeah. so many times we go to meetings and we can't bring that information back, right? You can't spread that out to your team of 10 or 15. So let other people sit at the table with you. So one, I was at a lot of tables very early in my career. Um, two, failure is really not an option for me in general. Um, Keller Williams having the tools to to run a business. And I know mindset really became more of a popular thing, I think, kind of in the pandemic where we really started checking in. But if we go back in the history, especially from my history with Keller Williams, yeah. there's always been mindset coaching. Um I think a lot of us look at bold as a sales class, but if you really go back and you get into the the bold laws and, and you go in behind what's the bold laws, that's all mindset. It's all mindset. You yeah. Know? Mm -hmm. um, so I really think that all helped. And then in my personal life, um, especially in the past five to six years, you know, my wife's really been extremely important to help me push to get what I want. And also in that same breath, she like pulls the reins back and she's like, make sure you're spending time for you. And when you start yeah. spending time for you, yeah. going back to my values, seven or eight years ago, I think time wasn't on there. Mm. Time didn't matter. I didn't really understand. Like time. personal time, like personal time or just time um, in general. I think the way that I view time. 
Okay. Right. Uh, like it's unlimited kind of thing. You at the time you were you were I don't acting think I as had if. a concept of it. Okay. And I was just like, what do you mean? It's eight to five and this is a calendar and you go to work from eight to five. And then oh, I'm in real estate. So now I don't have time. I just gotcha. do real estate. Okay. And now I realize I actually can put systems and organ um, systems into place, yeah, financial planning into place so that I actually have control over time. Mm. And I value it a lot more. And a lot of that does come from Carrie now, who's just really important. We may not see it every single day. It's not laid out that way, but I definitely know I look at it and I feel it differently. I love that. I love that. And because it is limited, if you don't put the things on there uh, that really matter to you, you know, they just won't, they may not make it on there ever. Right. And nothing's perfect, right? Like, no. because I'm saying oh, here, gosh. it's not like you can look at my calendar and see that, but just raising that level of awareness. Yes. And so when those two things collide, like the Keller Williams family and the culture and the opportunities within this large umbrella, as well as the things I've made, done in my personal life, mm-hmm. I think that that's what it is. Yeah. it's it, And and you plugged in though, you know, because like people will say, oh, you know, my life was changed and this and that. And I said, you know, here's the thing. I just open doors. I'm as a team leader. That's what we do, right? We mm-hmm. open doors for people. We connect the dots. We help people, but they have to go walk through them. So I've had yeah. a lot of people come. We go back to that conversion rate. We were talking about the failure rate and stuff like that. And I'm I'm 16 years in as a team leader. So imagine how many people have come had come through my doors at my three different locations, come and go and give up on themselves or whatever reason, you know. But 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 it's those people that really plug in and do the work and and have that confidence and just make that decision. That so so me so for me one of my greatest joys is seeing people like you succeed. And the impact yeah. that you make is so thrilling for me to watch, right? Seeing you from this get-go and how you you were at every table, but you were every every table because people made opportunities and you 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 had gratitude around it. Like you were there to learn. You know what I mean? Well, and I think we learned from that. Um, which Alice Daly, I, I attend some of her women's groups and she talks about building these tables, you know, because mm-hmm. we we do need more tables. And when I look at I don't know, let's say 2014 to really 2016, 17. Keller Williams gave us the opportunity to build our tables. We might not have called it that, but I remember, all right, cool. So we're a bunch of EAs. Let's get together and let's mastermind. And I don't know of any other industry that has masterminds. I'm like, if you want some agents, just say mastermind. (laughs) And like, it's like, exactly. And they they will come, right? Yeah. Yeah. So we were able to build these opportunities within this umbrella yeah and in any other industry and organization i've been a part of there's sort of this just like block of no you can't do that because that's the way we've always done it or that we just don't have that opportunity where within this family we're we're allowed to do that and i like to do that within my own team too of like okay i'm not going to say no let's just figure out where it fits Mm. and does it fit Right. Exactly. I love that you mentioned Alice Daly. She's another episode earlier on. If you go back, scroll back and you can listen, we had her on for her book launch. Oh, perfect. She's amazing. But I, I love that concept about building your own table. Could you talk a little bit more about what you mean by that? Yeah. So I think. Like what's you're, a table builder, right? Like, yeah. I love what she's doing. With a that. little bit of it comes from, I think you're a little bit more powerful and you feel more powerful or understood when you're around people who understand you, who are like-minded, who have the same values as you do. Yeah. Um, and who can also hold you accountable that you're willing to let hold you accountable. And yeah. so when you meet these people, instead of just meeting and exchanging your Insta handle or whatever, like actually be involved with them. And so um, I have one group called Super 7 and, and we're a group across the United States. There, I don't know why. That's your her best life group? Yes. Uh-huh. So there's uh, 11 of us in the group and you know, we call each other out on friends, family, life, work, professional. Um, we are very funny. We're very serious. Um, we show up for each other. We, we've been through death together, surgeries together, job losses together, you know, people leaving our team together. And it's more than just like a like on Facebook. Mm-hmm. If you were to read our text messages and how many opportunities we've had to meet across the United States together, we make time for each other. And yes. that's that table. And then yeah. Alice is doing something very similar with I think the first meeting I went to at her house, there were seven or eight of us. She was challenging us. She asked really great questions and she just created this space for us to go and show up, yeah, do some activities together, but it requires participation. And so I remember saying something to her one time about living south of the river. And she was like, she wasn't intimidated by anything. She was like, well, build your table down there. Right. 
And right. no, I still drive to Alice's because I, I love being there. I, her it's house just, is amazing, by the way. I that mean, mindset. Yeah. Yeah. That mindset. No, of, about build your table, like build your table though. Right. And I love that. Right. Like and build, then, create that for yourself and come to me if you need help. There was exactly. no competition. Exactly. And so, yeah, we, that's, don't sit there in the dark, go make it happen. Right. Yeah. It's not going to come to you. And I love that, that basically for me, it's like intentional, uh, finding like-minded people. Mm -hmm. Everybody has a seat at the table and, and, and you might not have a table or a community around you, whoever's listening right now, go create it, find like-minded people. There is a hunger for that. There is a big need. Um, I think, I think with COVID there's more isolation. I mean, people are more depressed, all kinds of stuff, right? So Get, having people that is a safe place for that will watch what you're doing. And like you said, you're going through things together. That's everything, right? Having those right. relationships are so key as part of the journey for whatever. And it's not even like to get sales out of it. You know, it's, it's, a, it's for your soul, right? To have something right. like that. You have that. to be the best version of you, which is going to impact everyone around mm-hmm. you. And then if I was in Gary's top 100 class meeting, like, I don't know, I think it was two classes ago. And he just said, well, then you need to learn to expand your room if you don't have enough people in it. That's right. And I think sometimes we think of being at a level and it's all closed doors and it's all very quiet. And I just, I think when Gary said that, it was like, that's what I feel like. My room is always expanding. Mm -hmm. Never done growing, right? You're never done. You're never done. You're never done. Okay. So a question I ask all the guests, Taylor, is what does playing to win look like for you? Yes. I was just telling Melanie, my coach and I actually talked about this yesterday. Um, it's, it's not coming from a place of being constantly defensive. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to make the plays. I need to make the plays to win my game. And I'm yeah. playing my game, which is very interesting because that sounds like I'd maybe be in more of a solo sport, but I'm not. I'm a big team player. Um, I've actually never been in this industry as an individual agent at that's, all. That's um, true, actually. That's funny. Yeah. yeah so I've never, I've never done it that way. And if I go all the way back from childhood, um, I've always sort of played my game. Mm. Um, and I really think that that's just something deep rooted in me. I'm going to go out, I'm going to make the plays. I'm going to try to get as creative as I can. Um, and just my eyes are on my prize. Mm. I may see something that someone else is, is liking and doing. And I think sometimes you can spiral into, well, Melanie has that Melanie drives a school car and da, 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 da. But at the end of the day, is that really what I want? No, I allow myself 10 to 15 minutes of that pity party, but I get back on my track. Yeah, I love that. That's the losing game when right. when you're when you're always like comparing your insides with other people's outsides because you have no idea what's going on in people's lives. Mm-hmm. That's a right. wasted energy thing, isn't it? Well, not what's that's part of what makes this all unique is that if you can meet someone to understand their story, their journey, and just listen. Yeah. You know, I think if I could go do whatever I wanted to do right now, I would probably just go listen to old people talk. I keep hearing these like opportunities where instead of reading a book, you just go interview someone. And I woke up and that was really one of the things I was thinking about this morning. I was like, how can I just make money listening to How can you do that? Let's talk about that. I mean, I don't know. Maybe that's your next podcast. Anybody want to pay me to go talk to their grandparents? You know, exactly. Well, it's, it's, it's like the stories of people. Yeah. I mean, if I had, you know, an hour with Tony DeSello, I don't think I'd say anything. I'd just listen and maybe drool. Well, yeah, well, <laughs> you know, I'm he's like, amazing, by the so, way. Yeah, I think um, if and why? What is about is, that? What is that about that? Why the why? Why does that intrigue you? Going to listen to people like that, um, that have a history or have have really lived life fully? Because everyone has a different set of experiences, and if you want to really experience something, like we don't all have the opportunity to go everywhere in the world and yeah. experience everything, but you can listen to someone who has a lot of experience or maybe not even a lot, just different yeah. and, and hear it. And then, um, you know, I'm in, in LP and there's this, you can receive like 2 billion bits of information and each person only receives about 150 or so. So even in this room, our experience is very different. Our right. birthdays are very different, right? Totally. We experience June 20th every year, very different. So when you go and you talk to someone, listen to what that is. What did it feel like? Yeah. What did it see? You know, what did they see? How did they experience that? And um, I think you can learn a lot that way. Mm-hmm. And I like that. I do like that. I, lo- I love that. Um, just being aware of just yeah, other people's stories and perspectives. I, I think that brings so much. Uh, I always tell people, be more interested 
right. in others than interesting. Like if people are so worried about interesting, being interesting, like I want to be interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what? When you're interested, you're way more interesting. Wouldn't right. you agree? Like <laughs> if I'm interested in you, aren't I more interesting to you? Like, right. like, I, like I, and I agree with that. And that's pretty much what you're saying is like people's stories have them just listening to them. It's amazing, but people don't t- take time for that anymore. And I think right. that's why you're so great as part of your superpower, by the way. And I think we're trained as business owners and leaders. Um, and this is more of an old school um, concept too, is like, especially if you came from the corporate world, you're given a list of questions to ask and you almost, it becomes so scripted where you're already thinking of the answer. You already know exactly what you're looking for. And through that, when you don't hire someone or don't invite someone into your space, and then you go watch them succeed somewhere else, there's a reason. And typically I find that that reason is I was so scripted on this like interview questionnaire, or Mm. I was trying to lead the way instead of listening and doing what I do now is like checking their values and checking what it is that they want and what are their experiences. And can we play to that versus I have a checklist of what I've been told a successful person is this on the disc answers these questions this way. And I think you miss opportunity yeah. that way. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, question kind of backtracking. Cause you were a dancer all growing up. I know we just kind of barely touched ballet. Okay. Ballet dancer. <laughs> think of their tutus and everything. Yep. I love, I've seen some pictures. What made you, cause you were pretty serious about that and you were going to follow a career in dance. What made you get off of that path? Um, it was a little personal at first. My dad was my big cheerleader and he passed away and I was like, Oh, mm. this just doesn't have the same like meaning to me yet. I was also 17, 18. And yeah. so I don't know that I was really in touch with what I yeah. wanted, but it was still very hard. And then, um, I was in Austin and I was dancing and I knew financially there was this thing in the back of my head that like this was going to be really hard to have the life that I knew I wanted yeah and so um I did participate here in the dance community for a while as an actual you know performer um I just I didn't know what it was. I just wanted something bigger. So then I jumped over to retail and I still wanted something bigger. And then I, I went through what I didn't realize was what was the old 30, 60, 90, or was that what it was? Recruit select. So, okay. That. So I went through recruit select and yeah. I didn't really know. Yeah. The, the mega kept showing up and bringing me coffee and asked me these questions. And then it was lunch. And then they actually had the PC coach come and talk to me. And we went to lunch too. And I was like, why are these like, this is becoming a pattern, but I needed everything. It was, um, Tori knew I, I didn't really get like these great lunch breaks. And so he would come and we'd walk across the street and get a smoothie, but it was just like real estate and opportunity and opportunity when you were at the furniture place. Right. Yeah. And so, um, and I was still doing some performing and I just knew like I wanted something bigger. And then when I finally started hearing, actually, when I finally started having people, conversations with people from Keller Williams, that's when I realized my world could be bigger. I just needed to get into a different space. Right. Um, so, and then I, and then what's cool is, is you realize you can give back and you can do other things. So when we have opportunities, we support the dance community here. It's really important to me and my wife. Um, and my friends are still out there dancing and performing. And so I may not be on stage anymore, which is very heartbreaking. I mean, I would love to go back and do that again. However, it doesn't give me the life that I want. Yeah. Okay. And you can always do dance, right? Like for yeah. fun, for fun. That's how I felt about seeing. And so think about your life right now. It's pretty amazing. It is. Let's talk about Diller's life today. Yeah. I, from, uh, from that dancer growing up and then realizing, okay, this is not going to be the path to have the big life. Cause I want to have a big impact. Let's talk about your life today. Yeah. The, the determination and the dedication is still there to whatever I'm doing. Okay. Um, I, I don't think a lot of things get in my way. They may get in my head. They don't get in my way. <laughs> um, and yeah, so I'm I'm married. My wife yeah. is Carrie. You guys have heard me talk about her a little bit. How long um, is that now? When did you, six years ago? Seven, seven. years. Okay. Don't put me on the spot. Oh, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> uh, we just had our five-year wedding anniversary. Uh-huh. Um, and I have a son, Wilder. He's a year. Yes. He's uh, already a year. That's crazy. That was a really incredible journey to be you know, that that's probably something I never thought I would go through is adoption. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's an entire journey that takes a lot of just uh, rolling your sleeves up and fighting and, and heartache, um, you know, heartache. it doesn't work out. Yeah. Talk about 
all the things that went through for about yeah. three years in order for us to be matched with Wilder's birth mom and just to be oh. able to tell that story and hopefully help it's anyone else who's going through that. Yeah. Is it, it worth it? Was it worth it? It was a hundred percent worth it. We would do it again. Um, we might do a few things differently. Okay. Yeah. Um, oh, that isn't that life though. It's it is life. Yeah. You always been doing that. Things. Yeah, exactly. And then just, just kind of that deep rooted thing, going back and helping others navigate through it a little bit easier, right. uh, making a difference in the adoption industry if we can. Yeah. I love that. Um, we own Airbnbs, which is really funny going back to, you know, like what we were talking about with uh, Jeff Glover saying 2023, 2024, what your income look like. I remember in bold writing down and I have my bold book. I think it was 2016 or 2017 saying my five-year plan, I wanted to own five rentals. And so Carrie and I own 15 doors right now. So nice. it's funny how, when you do write these things down and you look at stuff and that's once again, going back to the Keller Williams mindset, I don't know of another industry or business yeah. organization that's going to make you do these things. Right. And so we own um, Airbnbs in Arkansas and here in Wimberley, we were just talking about the one. Yeah, that sounds amazing. We own several rentals across Austin, which none of that would have been possible. Um, Gina Carter from the Willoughby team, I remember calling her and she was just like, buy the property. <laughs> like, you know, and so you have, once again, she's at my table. I contacted yeah. my super seven about one of them and they were like, what are you worried about? Just buy the property. You know, you'll figure it out. And so that's how we ended up with our compound down in Wimberley. Um, and then Patrick also took me under his wing, Patrick and Melody, when I was Bird younger. Mm -hmm. And um, I remember not having a lot of money and just saying, let's flip a house together. You guys are out there being, you're very successful at it. Yep. And um, a client called me and said, I want one of those birds on properties and a bird home. And I was like, what are you talking about? And she shared their Instagram with me. Oh, that's And funny. I didn't realize at the time that they were actually making kind of like this brand out there for melody's design work and stuff yeah, yeah 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 so they took me under their wing we flipped i think three houses together within about a year and you know through those financial wins for us and patrick and melody being really great um, mentors to me that year i was able to go out and start learning more about yeah, money yeah. how to do this and and here we are yeah that's amazing and so and one of your passions is that you seem to bring a lot of people along the way with you yeah, I, I, I wholeheartedly believe in together we achieve more. Yeah, me too. Yeah. How, what's your team look like today? My team today, there's um, seven of us. So I have the director of ops, Allison yeah. Battle. Sorry, her, she has a new last name. Everyone on my team got married in like a matter of like six months. <laughs> so I'm like, what is your name today? That's funny. Um, and one of the unique things I did is I started, I don't have all of my Austin's just, or all of my agents in like Austin proper. So yeah, um, I have a new agent, Debbie. She, she kind of covers North and Northwest area. Um, we've got Bradley down in San Marcos. I've got an agent in Wimberley that can do Wimberley in San Antonio. Um, Haley really focuses on downtown. I've got Bo who covers South Austin. Um, Ola, who's been with Keller Williams forever. Yeah. Her and I, um, we're both new moms. Ola just got married. Amazing. So Congrats. There's a uh, six or seven agents on the team, and then we do have Lisa, who's our virtual contract close. Okay, and what what are you on track to to uh, how many units and stuff like that? What this kind year, of volume do you guys do? This year, um, you know, we set out to do right at seventy, and we're not going to do that. Okay. Um, 70, 70 million, million sorry. Million, yeah. Um, and that was not for units. us, right? Like right at 270 families and we're going to hit probably closer to 200 to 10, nice. um, still great level of volume. Great, great family served the market changed and we just had to pivot. Um, that's I think impressive. we personally could have pivoted a little bit earlier, but that's me just, I'm, <laughs> I'm always a little bit more on high alert and the team's just like, calm down. Yeah. Um, yeah. And at the end of the day, everyone's okay. Everyone's still here and That's everyone wonderful. has enjoyed a little bit slower pace of life to yeah. hang out to catch with their, their breath. families, to catch it's, their breath. It's been a fast sprint for a couple of years. So yeah. And Ola mentioned it yesterday. She said, you know, it's kind of nice to go back and like, remember the skills because we all worked mm -hmm. on these skills in 2013, 14, 15, and yeah. then they kind of went out the door <laughs> and, and now they're back. They are. Let's talk about it. Let's talk yeah. about because you are such a, a guide and inspiration for um, people, whether they're experienced, you know, in the middle or brand new. Uh, what advice would you give to them about the market right now? Um, the market right now is what it is. You can't control it and you can't go out and you can't change rates. You can't change inventory. 
Um, what you can do and, and what I like to do is I look at how many homes were sold each week and just know that there's still business. I know last week there were 2,444 and I was like, that's 4,888 transactions and that's enough. So you, you can go out and get a piece of that. Um, going back to the basics of this is a contact sport. And so what are you doing? Just the simple conversations that you're having. And it's not a touch sport. Because why I say that is touching is Instagram and Facebook. Mm. And so if you think you're, and I, and I have this problem with some of the agents on my team, I'm like, I don't care how many Insta, TikToker, whatever you call that. Yeah. That's touches. That's yeah. just people liking. That's clicks. Yeah. What you need to do is you need to get back and have those real conversations. And it doesn't have to be about real estate. You could just simply check in on someone and let them know that you're there because real estate's not the only industry that is behind. I hate when people say struggling. I think that that sounds yeah, so tough. Right, it, right, the right. market is what it is. But yeah. That just has new, new things happening. Right. So learn the way to navigate it. Um, go to classes, you know, listen more. And then I'm going to bring in Alexis down from San Antonio. She's in my um, super seven. You know, she asked right. me in July, August, I can't remember the last time I saw her, but we were at a convention together and she said, when's the last time you've 36 touched your family and your friends? Mm. And I think everyone at the table, their mouths just dropped because that's your lifeline ultimately. Wow. And if you think about it yeah. and, and that really that's hit home for question. me and I was like, that that's my foundation. Yeah. And so, no, I'm not doing it at hundred percent. I'm not going to sit here and lie. I'm probably not even at 80%. However, it's in the back of my mind and I can get better at it. And that's what's helping push through. When's the last time you've 36 touched everyone on your team? When's the last time you've 36 touched, you know, the, the people who really matter yeah. um, because they make us better. And when we're better, we perform in this market better. Yeah. Yeah. It's that whole, when, when your life is good, right. Everything falls mm -hmm. into place. Right. So, yeah. okay. Awesome. So what do you think um, when you look at all the different people you help, the people that uh, are really succeeding right now, because I'm hearing again and again, like your, your team's doing great. You know, a lot of people that I'm talking, having these conversations, some teams are doing great. Some teams are really struggling. What do you think separates the the person who kind of makes it through market pivots and shifts and adjusting and all the, the things? What do you think is the differentiator before between the two, between somebody then who quits and gives up? I think it's who... a difference between accepting and adapting because mm -hmm. I you hear, well, the market is what it is and my business is what it is and it's a result of the market or you can adapt to it and you can say, this is the new market. I'm going to change my business and we're all going to adapt to the new way of doing it and we're going to go win the day. Yeah. So you can adapt or you can just you yeah. know, accept it. And you're always adapting, right? That's the right. thing is you're never done. Just when you think you master something, there it is. There's life showing you again, right? Right. Uh, okay. How about this? What are you most proud of? Oh, um, well, of course it's Wilder. <laughs> yeah. He's wildly awesome. Yeah. I mean, I haven't said, or he's now a year, but like the kid learned to snap at seven months old. What? So like. He's so cute. If I'm winning at anything, I taught a 70 month old how to snap. So there's that. That. Um, that is cool. That is cool. I think I'm most proud of my team and then just being more aware of where I'm at. You yeah. know, I'm just no longer kind of blowing and going and pushing and pushing. And um, I'm listening to what others say. I'm listening to how others describe me or would perceive me. And is that true? Is that false? Um, and ultimately just working on my superpower, which is being me. Mm -hmm. Cause a lot of people can't just accept themselves. No, they can't. And they, they don't, they don't even know themselves first of all. And then if they're not knowing who they are, they can't live in their truth. And when you live in your truth and most authentic self, right. right. Then, you're, then, then you're like in this alignment and the whole world plays with you, right? When right. you get to show up as Diller, when I get to show up as Melanie, when you get to show up as you, the world, the whole world will play with you. The right, right way because you're in alignment with who when you, you are. You know how to defend yourself better and come from a better yeah. place when you understand why you behave the way that you do or do the things that you do. Um, now, I'm not saying you can't be, you can't work to become better or you can't work on things, but I remember you gave me the strength and with weakness. Uh, strength, strength finder. Yeah. yeah so finders. I remember being in South Market Center and and we were, I forget the exact conversation, but I remember I went home and I read that book and I started paying attention to that and that really was true is sometimes we focus too much on our weaknesses. Mm -hmm. You're saying throw them out the door and you don't, you don't get to like, just ignore them. However, exactly. your strengths aren't always that you can do an Excel sheet really well. Your strengths may be that, you know, 
your your um, values or that you have those or, or your other characters, or whatever right. mm-hmm. you have a lot of grit you have a lot of right. integrity right um and when you know that about yourself it impacts everyone else and mm-hmm. i think we don't always focus on that i love that so if you don't know what we're talking about strength finders 2.0 is a book you can get it it's you can do it online it's like a 15 dollar assessment and it will tell you your five natural strengths and what we're what diller's talking about is we had him come to like a mega camp or something sometime too but so much of our society focuses on you know your kid comes home with all A's and a C in math. And you're like, oh my gosh, we got to focus on math yeah. instead of the arts or the or the science that he's really gifted at and accelerating that. We we it's like we're trying to like put everybody like right there in the middle, right? And just like put everybody at B and then we're happy. And that's not what life is about. To have your best life, you want to be amplified and you want to live in your strengths. So it's really interesting. The strength finder assessment will give you five natural strengths that are in alignment with who you are. And I remember when I took mine and I was like, all the things made sense, you know, except the fifth one, the fifth one was strategic. And I was like, strategic. I never thought of myself as strategic. I said, Oh, I am strategic because if there's somewhere I want to go, Diller. Right. And and there's all these blockades and they'll say, Oh, camp. I'm like, Oh really? Okay. Watch me. And I'll find a way. That's my strategic mind is I will find a way to win or get where I want to go. Even though I may be knocked down and beat up and all the things I'm going to get there. Right. And that's a strategic mind. And, and that's so, learning from the yeah. failures of the obstacles that happen. If you get down, then you just stand up and do it a different way. <laughs> I get it. Versus again. giving up and and it just didn't work. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I love that you brought that up. Okay. What's one last piece of advice that you would like to share with the mm-hmm. listeners today on anything at all about um, playing to like that the concept of the second half? You know, is the plane to win is this live conversation, but the second half, which is where this podcast will live, is you know, you can win or lose the game in the second half because the first half matters, but the second half matters more, right? Right. And you know, if if you feel like you're losing or you feel like you're behind, or maybe you just feel like you're not going anywhere, I think what I see a lot is is people I think this might I don't know how this plays out, if it's bad or good for KW, but you know, we have so many tools. And sometimes what I feel like is we go into that second half and we just like want everything mm. and everything's shiny. And, and, and then it's like, you're really doing everything at like 1% mm. because there's too, too many things. And just going back and um, I'm not, I don't want to say focus on the one thing, but focus on two or three things that you're really good at yeah. because you know how to execute those things. Mm-hmm. And then what I would do is I would take it and I would double down on it and push through that second half instead of going back and saying, well, this did not work. I'm going to scratch all this and go grab all these new tools that aren't sharp. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I don't operate from a big place of technology, believe it or not. I mean, I have a tech stack of three or that four. That is shocking items. to me, actually. Yeah, my tech that stack is probably fairly small because I'm not great at it and I haven't hired that out just yet. However, what we do have is working, so we're going to double down on it. Okay. Instead of going back and saying, oh, um, we're not in the top. My goal is to always be in the top 10 of the market center. Um, you know, we're not in the top 10. So I'm going to go scratch everything I'm doing and start trying to do everything else. Right. That would send me into a whirlwind. Oh yeah. And then I wouldn't be able to show up the way that I can show up today. What I can go in and say, well, what's the top out of the top five, what are the top three and how do we double down? Because we know those work. Right. And maybe that's not systems and processes or tech. Maybe that's something within you that you've abandoned. Mm Mm-hmm. It's true. It's true. And, and just, yeah, I love that. And then fine tuning what, what's really working for you and, and then lean in even more of that. Right. And that's why I love those three questions, right? The three questions is what, you know, what's one thing that if you stop doing, you'd never notice. And that number two, which is what are you really good at or what's really important that you're not doing enough of. And that's what you're talking about. And the third one is what's that thing you're never even, you don't even get to because you have no time and that would impact your life incredibly. Yeah. But we don't get to that third one. Right. I think if you count how many times you start over, it's kind of crazy that we just keep starting over instead of just like yeah. going and maybe changing something and keep going. Cause you know, B do have is really start change stop. Mm-hmm. And it's, what yeah. are you better at? Are you better at starting something, changing something or stopping something? And if you can dive deep into that, you might find out a lot more of how you're going to play that second quarter mm-hmm. or half. Yeah, well, exactly. I don't know what sport we're talking about. <laughs> Whatever we want it to be. Okay. Whatever we want to be. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think you have to figure that out 
what tools, whether they're personal tools, whether they're professional tools, yeah. really help you push through and focus on those and double down. I love that so much. And yeah, I remember hearing Gary Keller say, you know, the smaller you make your life, the bigger it gets. Mm -hmm. And you need that, you know, when you think about E to P, right? E to P, entrepreneurial, and you hit that ceiling of achievement. Everybody has it, right? And you can't get to that next level. You can't break through that ceiling right. until you have a person, a system, or a model. Right. And you're talking about the tools and so many people don't lean in enough of the tools because the tool, when it's the right tool, we, we'll keep you on track. I have a, for, I'll give you this story. Yesterday, one of my agents, um, amazing gal that I recruited a couple months ago, she's a rock star listing agent, big agent, and she was resisting the database kind of, right? And so I was calling her for a little accountability fun. And, and she said, okay, listen, you're gonna be so proud. I went through my database, got everything uploaded. And she said, and I remember this lead I had. So I called. So it's like 2 million worth the business there from this go. one call and yeah. i'm like okay so there and so she but that was a tool and a system and so we all resist that so no matter if you're an organized mind or not i am not an organized mind you're way more organized than i am from a from a thought process however i need that in my life because that amplifies me on on this side of it right and so that's and you what have you're to saying, lean in to to a tool that works for you right right and you have to remember that when you're coaching and leading others that it's your job to pull it out of them not to tell them so i can't sit here and tell you the way that i'm going to finish the second half and melanie you need to do this because it works for me i need to figure out what works for you and help you connect those dots so that you can see your path of success or maybe what you've abandoned and the only way to get there is coming from curiosity, being interested in what you're doing and asking you questions that are going to challenge you to push you. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of times as leaders and mentors, we we want to go in and say, I have the answers. And, and people look at us that because we're successful, they want to know what we're doing. Yeah. Well, what I'm doing is, pro I guarantee you, it's not going to work for anyone else. I'm uniquely dealer. Like the way my brain works, the things I do, things yeah. I say probably aren't going to work for everyone. But I can ask you questions and try to push you and help you recognize and influence you what is working on your life and, or in your life and in your business and to double down on that. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And they can learn from you from, you know, we all learn from each other from as far as like the commitment you have to mm -hmm. it, right? The commitment. So when you're watching somebody, maybe it's not exactly what she's doing, but it's the way she's doing it. And you're like that commitment, like she's made, Diller's made a decision that this is what she does. Like she shows up for her people. She's selective about who she lets into her world. It's not a numbers game for Diller about, let me get as many people as my team as possible. No, she's looking for people that have the same values as her. Why? Because she wants to love where she works. She lifts people with her. She's always giving back to the market center. She's one of the loudest voices from our agents, which I was telling you is my favorite thing. Thank you for that. Thank you for yes, your leadership. You're very welcome. People are watching you and I appreciate watching you take all these people with you along the way. You're welcome. Now you see what I mean. Isn't she incredible? You know, I just love the role that she plays. Like she doesn't do anything without taking people with her. And I love that so much. And when she talks about 92% failure rate in our industry, and you know, you just, there's a roadmap though. And not everybody takes that. But the coolest thing I love that she says is that her superpower is just being herself. So my superpower is just being me. And think about that. And it's because most people can't get that or don't get that or won't get that. Your superpower is being you. And so many of us look at other people and judge ourselves to where they are. And they have a completely different story. And they're in a completely different chapter on their book, on their life path. And yet we, you know, to either deflate ourselves or whatever, compare ourselves. Your superpower is being very comfortable in who you are, knowing your strengths, finding your strengths, and then actually going, you know, and living in that space. And I think it's just incredible. She's such a wonderful person to be in business with. Super proud of her. And I trust that you enjoyed this episode of the second half.